0: plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings and nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioca. This is
1: Saturday morning and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted and we are talking savings, investments, and your retirement, as always, here on the show. our show a live show here in Houston, Texas, so I'm not here today, but I'm calling in. And so if you ever have any questions or comments, you can always give us a call at 713-339-1070. Our show is really to help you build up wealth for retirement, how to handle the wealth at retirement, and then how to deal with with with, with the world today on a financial basis. It's more important than ever to to be on top of things, to understand the world today. Um, This last June, we had the lowest interest rates in 5,000 years. And so we live in very unique times. And with low interest rates, you have to sit there and diversify your assets and you have to protect your assets and understand the world as it's happening, and that's what we try to do on the show. Is we try to bring these things to you so you can understand the financial world. And uh, as always, we've got just uh, the world is ever changing. Uh, and uh, one of the themes, really, uh, on the show over the last uh, month or so, has really been the incredible rapid change in the world. And we we. And at the same time, the almost just the complete disappearance of volatility or movement in the stock markets where they they almost seem to be freezing up I I I, I, I I I was talking to a friend of mine we were going over some stuff on the market and the market in the last almost month and a half really close to two months now has been in a steady downtrend in the market is down two percent in that if you look at it it's a pretty clear downtrend, but it's it in the end it's only down two percent and what that's telling you is you so very little movement in this market. We talked about uh we've had some of the lowest periods of a one percent move without a one percent move or the number of one percent move during the day in the market since the nineteen fifties and and yet that is happening against the backdrop of the Trump presidency, the changing up America First, uh, the uh, removal of working to remove Obamacare, a new tax code, infrastructure spending, uh, the Le Pen election in in uh, France, uh, North Korea, the the, the, pro- the build up, the, you know, for sort of potential uh, standoff in North Korea, uh, the in. in Record low interest rates, and now the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates. Against that backdrop, you're, you're seeing virtually no volatility in the market. So, you know, what's going on, uh, I, a couple things. It is tremendous uncertainty. We're also seeing a market where the public, the public has come in after the, after the Trump election very substantially, more so than any time in the last 10 years. But, we're also seeing they're starting to pull back some, and the market is really dominated by stock buyback programs and in institutional, in, in basically computer trading programs, high-frequency trading programs, and I, probably eighty percent of the stock market is, is either uh, computer-generated trading programs or stock buyback programs. And in that world, you're seeing a tremendous amount of lack of volatility. You don't. Everything is run by computers, and so you have to understand that, they, that you're having to deal with a remarkably different market, unlike any time in the history of of, of the U.S. You know, stock exchange, and, and, and actually United, U.S. investment it is a world controlled by computers, a world controlled by and managed by Wall Street. The last time we really saw something like this was probably in the 1920s with the um the thing that's going on, that we're purchasing stocks and running them up and selling them. It's the same thing today with, with stock buyback programs. And so, But you have an edge as an individual investor, is long-term investing, because so much is being done for the short-term, so much is being done to, to boost earnings, to, to, to manage the earnings on a quarter-to-quarter basis. The people that look out into the future are the ones that are going to come out ahead in the long term. So... Okay. It's something I want you to think about and understand. Uh, boy a lot of stuff happening in the next two weeks. There is an extraordinarily, extraordinary amount of of, of, of really action in, in the next two weeks, and really to see this market being nothing is to me just remarkable. Uh, let's, go, let's go through some of those and let's take a look at some of those. See, see what's happening. First of all, tomorrow we have the election in France between. Uh, there's four or five candidates. Uh, Le Pen, Marie Le Pen, is is the she wants she's the France First candidate, uh, which she wants to put uh, withdraw from the euro. and she wants to uh, get get rid of the EU rules. She's going to limit immigration and she's going to deport the ten thousand people on France's terror list. There's ten thousand people that the French police think are terrorists, potential terrorists, living free in France and she wants it to deport them back to their home country. In many cases, these people don't even have a citizenship, and that's very controversial. Uh, the, the, there's a, almost a communist candidate. There's two moderate candidates, and there's some other candidates. The election is tomorrow, and if no one gets 51%, which is most likely there's going to be a runoff May 7th, if Le Pen wins or if the communists win, that's going to be a tremendous, Financial markets. If, if the euro breaks up, it's going to roll the financial markets. If, if, if Le Pen gets in, she could she'll pull out of the euro, much like France is doing. So we had the Brexit last year. This is a, a, a kind of a Brexit with France exits the euro, and at that point in time, the euro is likely to break up. Uh, the, the European Union, they worked for a thousand years to put together the, the European Union and end up blowing it. For two reasons. Number one, the uh, the Germans, uh, particularly uh, Angela Merkel, made an all in bet on immigration. She basically bet the EU on immigration that you know anyone in the world could come to the EU and get a citizenship and and uh, and wouldn't back down off And the other one was just ridiculous rules and regulations coming out of unelected bureaucrats in Brussels, much like we've had in the United States. And so this is a long-term trend. It started. It actually started. People don't realize this. this trend started with the Arab Spring, where people looked around the world and, and they realized that they should they should have a say in things. And, and Europe – I mean, Arab uh, dictators were basically telling them what to do. They rioted and overthrew the dictators. Then it went to to the Brexit, it, which is the British left uh, voted to leave the EU last year, which was a shock to the to the United, to the world. And even then the voting, in the polling assured them they weren't going to win, uh, and, and and they won. Uh, the same thing happened in the United States with Donald Trump. The, the polling assured, uh, the media by the media, assured everybody that Donald Trump couldn't possibly win, and yet he won. Uh, and, and Donald Trump went to America first. Uh, Brexit was England first. The, the, Le Pen is France first, where people are going – what we would like is we would like our country put first before – this is a rejection of globalism around the world where, where rich countries make the decision to put the working people in the country to the back of the quay and then move up globalism, trade off jobs for access to foreign markets, and, and bring immigration in, and, and then don't pay attention to, to the working people in these countries. And so this is a big thing. This is a, so we're going to find out, and this is going to put it could endanger the European financial system if things go badly. It might all work out. It could endanger the euro. The Germans will pull away, and maybe the French will have their franc. The Germans will have their euro, and then then we'll have to see where it goes. But that's going to lead to tremendous amount of currency risk and the banking risk in Europe. So that's going to come up tomorrow, and then. We have the government shutdown April 28th, and, and the talk is there wasn't going to be a shutdown. Now there might be a shutdown, and the Democrats have said they're going to shut down the government if any money goes for the border wall. So Donald Trump's got to be looking at this and going, well, I can sit there and say, well, we shouldn't have the border wall. That was of my campaign promises, but we're going to accede to, to the Democrats, or he's going to have to dig in and say, look, I'm sorry, we're going to have to do something. and so a possibility on the 28th of a government shutdown. Now, and the third thing that is out there that is a concern uh, for the financial markets and for your retirement is going to be what's going to happen with North Korea. We're seeing a lot of back and forth on that, but if you look underneath it, the it, it's a little more disturbing. There was a lot of, of talk that Donald Trump... The president, the media came out real hard on Donald Trump because he said he was moving the aircraft carrier Vincent into to offer off of uh, North Korea, and that was it. And it turned out the aircraft carrier was in the, in the southern part south of Japan, and then moved toward uh, Indonesia instead. And so everyone said, "Look, Donald Trump's a big talker, and really he didn't even know where the aircraft was going." Well, look, I I find it hard to believe. And the media to him on this, and the president has lost touch. He's lying to the American people. I find it hard to believe that the president didn't know where the aircraft carrier was going. More likely is somebody told, sat down or they, and said, look, we'd like you to back the aircraft carriers away from North Korea. Let's see if we can get a deal done before we bring those back in there so it doesn't look like South Korea is acquiescing nuclear weapons at the end of a gun. And, and so – any logical person would look at this and say that. But the media, it was such a great opportunity to attack the President of the United States, Donald Trump, they couldn't resist belittling the President. Now, I understand how, you know, really they're desperate to belittle the President. But what they risk and what they don't, they put American lives in danger. Because the North Korea's President is looking at this and he's saying, Trump isn't going to do anything. The the, the the press is against him. He's obviously lying to everyone, so we don't have to worry. If there's a misstep in North Korea, it could go nuclear. We have 30,000 American troops over there. We probably have another ten to 20,000 or more around that area. These American troops could lose their lives with a misstep, and the press is gleefully attacking the president of the United States. I, I think there might just be a law out there Uh, if they look at some of the war powers laws uh, where you can take a look at the press and prosecute them for for maliciously reporting information in in, a potential wartime act. I, I think it should be taken a look at. I think the press has gotten out of control. And Now, there's nothing wrong with the press saying the president shouldn't go to North Korea. He should back away. That's their right. But to sit there and spread false information and belittle the president of the United States this is a very serious situation, and the reason why we bring this up is, is because if there's an outbreak of a war in North Korea, this stock market is going to have a severe problem. Understand a couple things. According to a lot of the stuff we're, we're seeing, the Chinese have moved 150,000 troops on the northern on, the, on their border with Korea. That that to control potential immigration. What that's saying is that means if the government collapses. The Russians have moved uh, trainloads of troops, weapons, helicopters, and tanks on their border. They have about a nine-mile border uh, in the northern part of North Korea, uh, just south of Vladivostok. They're massively moving in troops. The United States is moving troops into into Australia, and I'm suspecting they're moving troops elsewhere as well. These guys aren't messing around. You don't move 150,000 troops because – you're, you don't think anything's going to happen. And that's and, – and this is a dangerous phone. North Korea possesses nuclear weapons, and nothing says that they won't use them. And so this is something I think we want to watch and should be a real concern to, our, to your, your retirement. So, you what, we're going to talk some more about this right after this quick break on the Max Out Savings. Here. If you've got any questions or comments, give us a call at 713-339-1070. Go to our website, MaxOutSavings.com. Sign up for the free newsletter. We'll be right back. It's maxoutsavings.com.
0: The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket, and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money.
3: Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of the morning show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media. Hey, company Ted, can you hear me? Five twelve, New Media. Okay, I'm just making sure. Five twelve, New Media. We create amazing. are gonna play videos. the rejoiner, then we're, we're coming back live. Websites, okay. Telling their story in bold colors. Oh, we're gonna play the rejoiner, then we're
4: gonna come back live. Five
3: twelve, New Media. We also shoot television commercials and Yep. Yes, videos. you're right.
0: Welcome back
1: to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka, and we are talking savings, investments, in your retirement. Uh, we, we're, we're putting together our newsletter here talking about a number of issues here in the market, whether it's overvalued or not, uh, some of the interesting things about a youth in the United States. So if you'd like to, to, to get on the newsletter list, it's a free report. Go to our website, MaxOutSavings.com. It's MaxOutSavings.com. Now, one of the things we're writing about in the report is is really the the is the problem with as 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 parents dealing with the kids and and having to to uh, you know you have to support them, take care of them, and then you get them through school and you get them through college, and then it, 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 you're safe. Well, that's not quite the way it works. It works in the past; it has, but what's happened is is that. People, uh, young people between ages of 24, uh, between 18 and 34, are continuing to live at home. This is something that has been a real shock to many parents. And here's some numbers. Back in 1975, 14% of the, uh, almost 15% of the American uh, of, uh, kids were staying with their parents uh, between 18 and 34. And then another 6% were the grandparents or other other relatives. So it was about 20%. And in that group, 18 to 34, 31.9%, uh, almost 32%, actually were living with a spouse and married. Today, only 19.9% of, of the, of the uh, people live with their uh, – youth live with a spouse, and 23% live in their parents' home. Which means there's more people in the in the world today between eighteen and thirty four years old, more kids are living with their parents than living with the spouse. Now, if we add in the other, which is uh which is your, your, the grandparents, uh other type of relatives, it's thirty eight, almost thirty nine percent of American youth are living with their parents or with in law I mean relatives of some type, uh the grandparents, uh aunts, uncles, whoever. It instead, And, and so what this is really telling us is is that, that young, youth in America are, are in financial trouble. They, they don't have the access to good jobs that can pay for a house, can pay for uh, an apartment, can pay for a car and everything. It, and instead, they're having to live with their parents. And the last time we saw these numbers this high was 1940 at the end of the Great Depression. And it shows you the how corrosive this financial collapse from 2009 and 2008 financial collapse in, in, in the last eight years under Barack Obama with no growth has been to the future of young Americans. They're they, they, they are all living at home now. And, and rather than building a country for the long-term growth of, of, of the future of our kids, we've instead concentrated on globalism and uh, in everything else, uh, diversity and everything else, but the future of young people in the United States of America. I, you, you, if you often talk about, if, if you talk, particularly if you talk to politicians and stuff, they talk a lot. They even our clients are the same way. What we come across is, they will tell you, people are more concerned about their children's future than their own future. It, it, that to them, is probably the biggest thing over the long term, particularly as you get older. You really, you're more concerned about your children. And yet here we have a situation in the United States of America where nearly 39% of the, of the, of the kids in this country up to the age of 34. So we're not talking about kid, you know young people. We have a generation that don't have jobs. We have a generation that don't have homes and that don't have a future. And this is what we have to try to develop up and build up now where this really comes in is and what reason I want to talk about it today is this affects your retirement and it, 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 it affects your savings and, and and one of the things we're kind of seeing with this with, with the with the uh the thirty eight point five percent of the youth living with 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 relatives is it's kind of an if you have a house and, and, and your uh, son or daughter needs help uh, living. You can either give them money for a, for an apartment, which is a thousand bucks a month, or you know seven hundred dollars a month, or whatever. Or you can just say, okay, tell you what, why don't you go back? And you, you can take your room back, and you know we'll we'll give you some food. It's a it's a much cheaper way to support your your children uh, as they're growing up. And this, this, what this does is this lets, lets you continue to build up wealth for retirement, continue to maintain your savings. If you're having to take out a thousand dollars a month to help your child pay for, uh, you know, okay. living expenses while they're looking for a job, that is much more expensive than if you just say, Hey, why don't you come move in and you can keep looking for a job and we'll we'll cover some of your expenses, so that the marginal cost for you to tell your son or daughter that you can live at home. You know, maybe what's it's it's another, you know, ten dollars, fifteen dollars a month in electricity, in water usage, and you know, two hundred dollars in food or something, or You you never know there, but it 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 marginally, it's not that much difference. And so, what we're seeing is this is how uh, the American people are adjusting to a low growth. uh, Poor, low, low wage, poor recovery economy is 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 that we have a generation continue to live at home while they struggle to look for a job, and and it's been our experience. You really, if you if you if one of the fascinating things is if you look around, the people that really do the best, oftentimes, are people that were started doing what they were doing at an extremely young age, and and if the further out we put our job growth in job opportunities for young people, the further back they are, the further it kicks back their savings program. So, I mean, this is something that, that is a big story. This is really shocking. I'm going to go through these numbers again. In 1975, 32% of, of, of young people between age 18 and 34 lived with their spouse, were married. And 14.7% of them, these are u s census numbers were uh at their parents' home now the number is twenty percent are li- living are married and twenty three percent are living in their parents' home and another fifteen percent are at their grandparents uh other relatives uh, that those type of things so the number if if you probably kick away for the roommate type of situation the number so a third of the american youth are living with their parents or grandparents, which is is a remarkable number, uh, and it shows you the tremendous damage done by this recovery that, that it oftentimes we haven't seen, and it's really been masked by a stock market that's been pushed up by the Federal Reserve to, with record low interest rates and asset buying to try to give people the illusion of wealth the illusion that things are better. If you take interest rates to zero, asset prices go up, people recklessly borrow money, stock prices look good, real estate prices look good, and people think things are great. But if you look underneath it, there's tremendous rot done to, to the American United the American to our youth in this country and it's damaging it. And 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 one of the things it's time for the Federal Reserve to step back from the Wall Street friendly zero interest rate policies that they're starting to do that have pushed up asset prices so young people can't afford homes. They, they can't afford savings, and and, and there's no job. And by, by artificially manipulating asset prices, what you do is you give the American people a false sense of reality. So they think things are good. They've done this for eight years. Things are good. The Fed has pushed up asset prices, pushed up the stock market. They've talked about great stock prices, but underneath it, it's been a disaster the 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 press the media has hyped the obama uh, you know the, the the great obama presidency underneath it, tremendous rot has happened to the youth in this country into their future into the, Ameri- the the future of the United States of america. it's time we start looking at these issues in addressing them and and hopefully we're going to see Donald Trump do that and start concentrating on jobs versus asset prices. asset prices help the wealthy. Jobs help the middle class and the average people, and that that's in any country should concentrate on jobs, they shouldn't be concentrating on asset prices. Only people at the federal Reserve and central banks believe that. Tell you what if you have any questions or comments, give us a call at seven one three 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 nine ten seventy here on the max Out savings show. We'll get your questions answered the it, anyway that's very disappointing to see that. Looking out on, on, on a couple other things, I wanted to touch base on the the uh, right. We're writing the max out savings report right now, and this is something I've been talking about on the show. We're putting out some more graphs and sending them out in the max out savings report this week. On the, the two more disturbing charts I'm seeing out there are charts that, that put the, the U.S. equity market capitalization in relation to GDP gross domestic product, uh, and, and then the S&P 500 market capitalization based on revenue. And in both of those charts, remember the financial crisis in 2007, both of those charts, those numbers, price, the capitalization to, to GDP and capitalization to revenue, the S&P 500, are materially, materially higher than they were in 2007, much, much higher. And, in in some cases they're really starting to close in on the levels seen in nineteen ninety nine which was the biggest stock market bubble since the great since the since the uh, the roaring twenties that led up to the stock market crash in nineteen twenty nine in both cases and, and and what this is telling us is particularly if you look at it in a price to sales and price uh P.E. ratio, it's it's expensive, but it's not as high. In, in, in looking at those numbers, particularly price to sales, this is telling us that Standard & Poor's 500 companies are over-earning. What they're doing is they're doing everything. The CEOs of these companies are sitting there with a laser focus on on hitting the earnings bogey, making the earnings for the quarter, earnings per share. So they're aggressively buying back stock. They're not hiring workers. They're not giving out raises. They're not investing in plant equipment. And they're not investing in R&D for the future of the company. So corporate America CEOs are not – some of them are. You can look at guys like Amazon, Google. Those guys are in the future. A lot of these guys have a laser focus on next quarter's earnings. They're not investing in the future. So the earnings are artificially high, which is giving you artificially high numbers. And if you look at it on the, the – same with the market capitalization – that is showing you that the total capitalization of the U.S. of the S and P 500 is at, a, is at a very high level based on the economy itself, and so these are real warning signs that, that, that we really have to watch. Under Donald Trump, remember he's calling in the CEOs of these companies. How many how many times have we seen Donald Trump sitting around with board members uh, with, with the CEOs of these companies? What's going on behind closed doors? If you notice he'll say a few things and the door shuts. Going on behind the doors, I suspect a couple things are happening. Guys, I'm here to help you. I'm going to cut your taxes. I'm going to sit there and deregulate. Things are going to be good for you. However, I want to see jobs in the United States. I want to see factories in the United States. I want to see workers in the United States of America hired in those jobs. I want to see raises for workers. And so... That is going to start cutting into earnings. So this is something we want to watch closely. Uh, but understand, you have a very expensive stock market. You have corporate America shifting from earnings per share to hiring and working in the United States and America first again. Remember, a lot of these companies in the S and P 500 have have jacked their earnings up, shutting down factories and firing workers in the United States. There's a new sheriff in town. It's Donald Trump, and so things are changing. And that. They're all going to fall in line to some extent. I mean, you, and you can see it just by any time all these companies are putting out press releases about putting in a new factory and hiring workers. They're getting the message. You know, nobody wants to be seen. They, nobody wants to be in, in the press that they're shutting down an American factory and transferring it overseas. And
3: Ted, you have a caller on too, Randy. Okay,
1: hello, Randy. How
3: you doing?
4: Good, Ted. How are you?
1: Great, great a
4: question Uh for us. Yeah, Ted, I I was reading about uh, what you were talking about the other day, that out of all these kids living at home with their parents, roughly 25% of them don't have a job, and they're not in school. They're not doing anything. They're just kind of wasting time. So I was thinking that what you're talking about, the Republicans are up there fiddling around. They're not cutting taxes on businesses and trying to create jobs or anything like that. They're talking about they're going to try to do it next session or something like that. I think this should have been done on day one of the the session. Yeah, And I I don't know what they're wasting time on here now. I did notice one other thing that I was wondering. uh, It looks like in the last few weeks uh, uh, bond market prices have gone up dramatically. And, of course, yields have been driven low, you know, correspondingly. And uh, I, I, I don't. I haven't I haven't seen any reason why that is. Is this because of the uh, situation and election in France, or it has something to do with North Korea, or what is going on with the bond market? Do you have any ideas?
1: Yeah, that that's a good point. The, the, the ten years dropped had dropped from about two sixty, and really it went to two fifty, and it just kind of fell apart. I think it's a combination of weak uh, economic numbers in the United States. If you look at at car sales, they're really not good. If you look at restaurant sales, they're not good. If you look at retail sales, they're not good. It's a slowing U.S. economy. It's what's going on in Europe with Le Pen. Hey, let's just own Treasuries. And also, I think it, there seems to be a fear trade with North Korea, Le Pen, and everything because gold is going up at the same time. And so, I, I I I think the bond market is also sensing the Fed is not going to be quite as aggressive. Uh, simply because they're they're not going to taper as much as they because the economy is weaker. That's uh, so It Looks like kind of, of a, of a stealth of
4: flight to quality, and uh, also it looks like uh, inflation is fairly you know well subdued also. And I just uh, I I didn't know. Now I haven't I noticed the stock market did get a renter made a new high, but maybe what a month month and a half ago, and it's, it's drifting yeah, down. A month and a half ago. Are we
1: yeah.
4: are we looking at at the edge of something here?
1: That's what, look. That's what I think. I mean, really, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. There really seems to be this quiet flight to quality. If you look at gold and treasury, there's been a bid in there that they're moving those up. Gold's broken out above the two hundred out of the, out the the range. It's broken out above the two hundred day moving average. Uh, bonds really seem to be about breaking under trend and going down. And and that people when they're buying gold and treasuries, they're concerned.
4: Um, right. Well, gold's yeah, around, around twelve eighty now. So I noticed that. Uh... But the yield curve, I think, is still fairly normal. In other words, that the two- to ten-year spread is about, uh, what is it, about 105 basis points, something like that. So it looks like to me that that this so-called flight to quality has driven down long-term rates. They were up above three. Now they've come down below three. Is, are they going to go down much, much lower than that?
1: I, I think you could see some of a break lower. I think over the longer term they're going up, but but you could see. Look, I mean, I think there's keep, there seems to be real fear out there right now. I, I, there's a lot of problems, know yeah, I'm kind of, I'm very really surprised this market's holding up. The stock market is holding up the way it is up, and 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 one of the things if you look at the IBM chart, it kind of went drip 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 down, and then it just cracked down about ten ten fifteen percent uh, somewhere in the you know, I mean, Right.
4: Well, I know. That housing is 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 doing pretty pretty strong. It's pretty good. I know yeah, orders are well, off a little bit, but but housing seems to be holding up in there, and uh, uh, rates have not really gone up. Uh, mortgage rates not going up enough, I think, to affect it yet. But eventually it will. I well, think.
1: and if these kids, if this if this literally thirty eight percent of these kids start, you know, deciding they're going to be looking for a home, you, you could see housing do do better. Well, uh, job, and, and jo- but,
4: jobless claims are, are fairly low, also. So I. I I don't know. It's kind of a double-edged sword. Like you said, it looks like maybe sales are, are hurting a little bit in retailers and like things like that. But on the other hand, you got housing and and seems to be you know uh, jobs are or seem to be fairly plentiful. The problem really is is kind of what we went back to at the beginning. Companies are finding uh, a problem finding uh, qualified workers.
1: Well, yeah, and this is, this is what I think is happening out there. Randy, I think they're close to full employment, but I think we have a huge pool of people that are that are sitting at home with no jobs. And, and a lot of these kids just need to be trained, which companies, remember, it costs money to, to train the kid, and they don't want to do that. Right. Um, and in addition, I think they're going to have to back off some of the drug testing and things for too many people. What I hear from people is oftentimes these people flunk the drug test. And I think they might have to back off some of that. But say, let me, uh, thanks for the call. All right, Ted. Okay, my friend. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, we say we're coming up on a quick break. We'll be right back here. If you've got a question or comment, give us a call here at 713 339 1070. That's 713 339
0: 1070. The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713 339 1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages.
3: Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show up your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft.
0: SCHydraulics.com. We return now to the Max Out Saving Show. All right. Here's Ted Gioka.
1: Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. I'm Ted Gioka and we're, we're talking savings and investments in your retirement. If you got any questions or comments, give us a call at 713 713- Three three nine ten seventy. That's seven one three 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 nine ten seventy. You can also go to the uh, website maxoutsavings.com. dot com. That's maxoutsavings.com, dot com and sign up for our free max out savings report. And uh, the, the we talk about everything from uh, common four hundred one k mistakes to how to handle wealth to what's happening with the French elections to is the stock market overvalued, all types of interesting things. I write the report for you so you can understand what's happening in the world today. It's a free report. You can also go and schedule an appointment with me, and I'll sit down with you and go over your financial situation for retirement and show you how we manage money using our value investing approach to the stock and bond market. We're just talking with Randy about the steady drop in interest rates. And it, it the rates on the ten-year fallen from about two point six to about two point two. It's really it's it's been almost the same thing as with, with the stock market. The stock market started going down at the end of March, at the beginning of March, and the same thing as when the bond market started dropping as well. And 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 really, we've seen a much bigger decline in, in, in interest rates and a much bigger jump in gold. Uh, the stock market really only went down about two percent, which is kind of surprising. And and one of the other things is if Donald Trump can't get his tax cut through, he can't get the infrastructure program through, then the the thinking is there won't be as much inflation, it won't be the economy won't boom as much, and that's and that is going to uh, that'll be good for, for bond yields, which means yields will go down and prices will go up. And and so and understand when we're talking bonds I typically talk about the ten-year Treasury bond because the ten-year Treasury bond or the Treasury bonds are what everything is priced off of. So they'll go the, the loans if it's it, it, it might trade off of, of, of its short-term rate. It might be off of Fed funds if it's a longer term. It might they might price the the, the corporate bond uh, so many basis points or so much percent over the ten-year Treasury bond, and so. The the, the, the the treasury bond is kind of a generic bond that everyone prices yields off of, and when yields go up interest rate goes up, the value of your bond goes down so if you own a bond and interest rates go up, then your bonds will go down in value and conversely if if the interest rates go down start falling your bond yield your bond prices will go up so And then you have to factor in, all things being equal, you're getting interest payments on your bonds as well. uh, But but that's another story. So something just to remember on the the bond markets in general. These markets are telegraphing concern. The market's drifting lower. It's telegraphing. It's not too concerned. The bond market's telegraphing. It's concerned. And the gold market is telegraphing. It's concerned. I think the, the gold and the treasury market are probably the least. what we're finding is those markets tend to be a better gauge of what's happening the, the stock market there's just so much stock buying from stock buyback programs it's hard to, to sometimes clear out what what what's going on in that market now one thing i want to uh, just touch base on was common for one uh, not common common for uh, common estate mistakes uh, this is something uh, that, that different things we see from time to time. And, and one of them is uh, is converting a financial account uh, to joint ownership. And, and we see this, I see this oftentimes uh, from some of our clients. I hear stories about this where the parent, or parent will go, hey, I'm, uh, I'm getting up there. I've decided to put uh, little Billy or Susie on the account so she can write checks or he can write some checks. In the account, if anything happens to me, and and so it, they'll be on there with the a, with a a, uh, a joint survivorship or, or a joint account. And sometimes what you have to be careful on is you can sit there if you don't title account correctly, you can you you can set it up so you've made a gift to your child or children, and. It, which isn't a problem if, if it's your checking account with ten thousand dollars in it or whatever, but if if it's your if it's your stock account where you had all your stocks in and you were just writing checks for one time and it's a million dollar stock account and there's a whole bunch of Exxon you owned at ten dollars a share and it's now up to eighty ninety dollars, then if, if, if the IRS proceeds that you made a gift to them. Then you lose the step-up basis for half of the account on the on the Exxon, and if it's not tidally proper, t- properly titled, and, and so this is something that you really you want to sit there and, and watch. One of the other things that'll happen too is let's say you've got two kids, and one of them you stick on the account with joint survivorship, and just just because you, you want them to help you write checks for the utility and, and pay off the credit cards if something that happens to you well if they if they inherit that whole whole account, you've disinherited your other child or other children if you're not real careful Now, if it's a ten thousand dollar or five thousand dollar checking account, it might not be any big deal because you're gonna have to be writing checks, and you know it's not that much money but if, if if you're writing checks and we see a lot of people doing this off of their big stock accounts, it, it, then you, you put yourself in trouble. If, if if you want to do something like this, then put put the kids on one of your checking accounts that so they have the ability to write checks in an emergency, and it's not that much money. It, it's something to to understand. Now another common four hundred k I mean, a common uh, estate mistake that people make is uh, putting one child as a beneficiary. Then say you've got two children, and and one of them you put on as a beneficiary. One of them has a house, you put that, the house in their name because so they're living in the house with you. With, with the with the idea that they're going to, you know, parcel it out to the kids later on when you're gone or when they don't want to live in it. In a couple things, again the IRS can go, well, this was a gift. And so then you could be subject to gift taxes if it's underneath the gift tax uh, amount, or you could also lose the step-up basis. So if you purchased your house at fifty thousand dollars and it's worth three hundred thousand dollars now, and, and, and the, the IRS thinks you've given it to the child, that that you could you could have a taxable event. And so the but you give it to them at three hundred thousand dollars, so. When he goes to sell the house, his cost basis is going to be the $50,000 number, not the not the $300,000. You lose the step-up basis uh, on, on your house. And so we see this sometimes with, with accounts. They'll, they'll, they'll put one child on the account with the idea when, when I pass away, uh, a little Johnny is to distribute the money to the rest of the kids. And then what happens is they, they don't distribute the money or they, they say, well, look, uh, Mom and dad wanted me to have the house when they were told specifically that it was to be divided up among the kids. And, and so, understand when it comes to a state, things, things need to be in writing and made clear to everybody involved. And if they're not, you're going to have problems. And, and after doing this for over 25 years and dealing with the with state issues for clients, I can tell you it. it when it comes to family, you have to sit there and be very clear on everything because the the amount of rationalation I've seen from family members is truly remarkable, and I know oftentimes know all the parties involved and the most honest, decent people in the world, but when it comes to family, things get misinterpreted and and so the one of the things you have to watch out for with estate planning is things have to have to be very clear and very precise, and they need to be in writing and 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 when you sometimes it's easy to put one of the children on the account to help you out, but you never do it on your big account. You do it on a smaller account so every day they have cash available to take care of things and move things around. But if you do it on your large million dollar stock portfolio, you could accidentally uh, incur a gift tax or accidentally uh, result in the loss of the, the very valuable step up basis. For your children, or somehow disinherit someone and not realize what you did. So, get with a good estate person on this. And, and one final thing, I just want to touch base on one of the most important things out there with this is the step-up basis. The the there's a five point something million dollar tax exemption for estate per person for for your uh, for your estate. But what's often forgotten is underneath that is is there's a step-up basis. So if you own the Exxon at $10 a share, your heirs get a step-up basis to the price it is today. If you give your heirs the Exxon right now, they lose the step-up basis. When they sell it, they lose the step-up basis. and have to pay all the capital gains taxes. So there's capital gains taxes, and there's estate taxes. And people sometimes concentrate on the, the estate taxes and forget if they if they give away something ahead of time that they 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 have are are set are going to incur a capital gains tax when they sell it when they could have avoided it by by passing it on to their heirs in the future so so take a look at it uh estate planning's pretty complicated but i just those are just some common things you want to keep in mind sometimes we see people just sort of trip into even with a great estate plan and not realize what's did. and Anyway, uh, a couple other things I want to touch base. If you're, not, if you're not getting our max out savings report, we're going to write some about some of this stuff in the report. This is a great report. We, we try to come up with ideas, uh, programs, to tell you what's happening in the world, how to retire, how to, how to save for retirement, and how to avoid cost at retirement. It's all written in there, and it's free to listeners of the Max Out Savings Show. Just go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings.com, and you can get a copy of our free report. And also, you—if you need help with your retirement, if you're retired, you have an old four hundred and one k—that's what we do at Max Out Savings Advisors. We manage your retirement. So we're value investors in the stock and bond market. If you'd like in a meeting uh, to sit down and we'll take a look—a free kind of evaluation of how you're set for retirement—just go to our website MaxOutSavings.com. and to make appointment. I want to thank everyone for signing, for listening to the show today, and we'll, we'll see you next week right here on the Max Out Savings Show.
0: This has been the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors, produced by Doug Harris and Noisemaker Communications. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka on AM 1070, The Answer.